0: Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I love what Pastor Don says. The wheels of commerce have ceased. And for me, I tell you, that means a lot. Some may not not mean anything, but I have had uh, a full plate. And uh, a lot of times, and I'm just sharing my heart, and then we'll get in with the word. Um, A lot of times I feel guilty, and I shared this with Pastor Don because I have so much going on. And I feel like I lack in so many places and areas um, because of all the things I do have going on. I'm in school. I uh, work a full-time job. My family's growing. My son is in the military. And, and it's not excuses because none of them are uh, a reason not to to do what God's called you to do. That's that's me. Um, but I, I do appreciate this time. I think the church, I think Pastor Don for giving me this opportunity to share my heart Um I've never shared on this subject before, even though it means so much to me. Uh, I've had an opportunity to get um, uh, involved with a group in Chapel Hill, and I'll be sharing about that a little later. But I do want to start out with prayer. and I'll ask Brother Matt, and I'm sorry, Brother Matt, to put you on the spot, but I'd ask you to open us up in prayer as far as asking God to uh, settle my heart and my mind and... um, to bless our time together, if you would do that. Lord, your service. Each of us, Lord. Tonight. Amen. The title for tonight's message is Abortion, Am I My Brother's Keeper? Um, abortion is a, a topic that a lot of people try to stay away from because it's so uh, controversial as far as what people believe. Uh, we have the pro-life group. We have the pro-choice group. We also have the abolitionist group. The pro-life group believes that, um, and this goes across the board all over the place, that abortion is wrong, but in some cases are acceptable. Uh, and it, it, pro-life can actually also say that no abortion is Okay, but pro-choice is acceptable, because it's a choice. I just happen to be on the other side of the argument. Pro-choice, a lot of times, they will say they're fighting for the rights for the mother. They'll say that uh, a child is not a human until they're born, until they take their first breath. They'll say that the child has no rights outside of the rights of the mother. An abolitionist is a group that believes that abortion should be illegal, that there should be no choice in any circumstance. And before we go any further, if you would be so bold, just with the information I've given you so far, and I'm not looking for debate, that's not what this is about tonight, we're going to get in God's word, but I am interested to see your thoughts on the subject, if you don't mind sharing And if you you do mind, I'll give just a few seconds and I'll move on. Anybody want to share how they feel? Because I'm going to give my thoughts here in a second and then we're going to go to God's word. Anybody? That's what I would expect. It's a tough subject. Tough. In the sense that if I say the wrong thing, I don't know what my brother feels and I don't want to offend my brother. I don't know how my sister feels. I don't want to offend my sister. But this is not about what I feel. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Anybody else? And again, I'm not looking for debate. And I, I think that we would, and I'll just go ahead and give my stance and where I, I believe. And then if, you have, if somebody's building up the courage to speak out, and give their stance, by all means, after I give mine, I'll give you a chance to do that. I am 100% an abolitionist. And I'm, I'm only that by name because I found out what the definition was. I, I, I've always been 100% against abortion. But, but I'm like Sister Juanita. Before I was a Christian, my wife was pregnant with our first child. And from the moment I found out she was pregnant, I was scared, I was worried. I didn't know how we were gonna make it, and it hasn't been easy. But I never, one time, thought about taking the life of the child, and I thank God that my mate, it didn't even cross her mind. I, I'll, I'll tell you a story, and then I'll open it up for discussion just for a brief minute. I, I remember being at Woods Lock Service, 17 years old, and my wife telling me she's pregnant. I couldn't go to her parents because I thought her dad would probably kill me. And we really didn't have anywhere to turn, so I went to a phone book and tore out a a place under uh, pregnancy, and it was was Planned Parenthood is what the, the group was. And I didn't want to call at work because I thought if something happened and we got disconnected, And they found out I was calling from work. I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to call from Jamie's parents' house, my parents' house, nowhere like that. So I went to a pay phone. And I didn't know anything about Planned Parenthood. But when I told them my situation, they said, we'll hook you up with the right information uh, at an abortion clinic. And I hung up the phone. I didn't want to hear any more. And I'm not here to to bash anybody because I I believe, like Brother Larry said, this should be... God's authority, not ours. I'm giving you my experience and what where I stand. I believe that when we argue if abortions should, uh, abortion should be legal, you have to, to first define what a life is, who that life belongs to, and who places value on that life. And that's my stance. Anybody else who's built up enough courage to speak out, would you like to... Speak and, and say your stance if you'd like to. If not, we're going right in to the next piece of this. Right. Well, I I, I can understand where you're coming from. And I want to say this because I don't I don't have it written down. I brought the pen to write it down, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know somebody who's had an abortion, even if you don't know they've had an abortion. The statistics is, or say, I believe is one in every I don't want to give it, but it's, it's a high percentage who ha, who's had have have had abortions or an abortion. So this is what I want to make sure we don't do. We don't get in a place of condemnation where we then say this person is horrible, this person is is done an unforgivable thing. I serve a God who forgives. I serve a God who cleanses. I serve a God who loves, and it's different from what some people say where uh, you committed the unpardonable sin and that's killing a a life or killing a child. I don't believe that way. I believe we have to have grace, the same grace God had for us we need to show to others. And and the same love uh, and, and help that God showed us we should show to others. You had a comment, I'm sorry. Well, well, that goes right in. I'm going to end there because it goes right into the Scripture. Um, And I'll just say this briefly. Some of the arguments that uh, pro-choice supporters will bring is what about rape? What about incest? What about the case of poverty? What about the restriction of the growth of the mother as far as education or um, the quality of life of the mother? What if um, it would mean the mother's life? Because they couldn't carry the baby. What if the baby was deformed? And that's a real question because uh, I read some news uh, or an article about uh, a place in the world where they are trying to do away with all babies who have Down syndrome. They have targeted what makes the Down syndrome gene or whatever, and they are eliminating it. I'll leave it there and let you think on that. But the argument goes on and on and on. Larry said it. Some of of you said it. We need to see what God says about it. Because opinion is fine. We all have an opinion. And and a lot of times it's grounded and rooted in our own experiences in life. And a lot of times that can lie to you. Uh, How many of us know of cases, and I've dealt with people, who have rejected Christ and are, are mad at God because of something that happened in their life? Now we know that's not that's not the case. God don't hate us. God, He's not doing things to, to, to uh, see uh, us destroyed. Um, it couldn't be anything more different. He sent His Son to die for us. He loves us and, and cares about us. But we live in a world that's uh, that's fallen, a fallen world. We live, like you said, brother, in a place where uh, we don't worry about it like we did in the 70s. And I was born in 78, by the way, so I wasn't here much of the 70s, but two years of the 70s. But that, that's, that's a valid point, that we don't, we don't have the shame that, that come along with some of these things. America and, and society is in, in a whole, we're, we're eroding. The, the morals, morality is just eroding away to where there's, none go- there's not going to be any left. We see in Genesis chapter 4, verse 8 through 10, we, we see the story of Cain and Abel. And we know the story. Let me just say while I'm turning, the Bible says nothing specifically about abortion. Abortion is not in the Bible. Uh, it, it doesn't address it, but it does come close, and I have some scriptures I want to share with you. So starting in verse 8, it says, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, No, not am I my brother's keeper. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Can I tell you, I, I, this scripture hit me. I'm going to tell you why. I got a grandchild that was just born. She's just an infant. She's, she, ha, she is dependent upon adults to get fed, to get washed, to have her diaper changed. She's dependent on me, her mama, her daddy, her grandmother, other people who, who step in to help. Can I tell you, I could not imagine rewinding time a year. And my daughter telling me I was pregnant, but I had an abortion. Kylie Brooke Sipperly is a human being. The potential that that young lady holds is limitless. And we know how life works. She'll, by God's grace, be raised to a, 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 a age where she can bear child. And the cycle will continue. But... Had she been aborted, she would have never been in this world. And I I have to think because I don't know, and I'm sure I do know, but I don't know anybody that I can put my finger on that's had an abortion, but that doesn't excuse me from the ones that have died because of abortion. I can hear the blood of the young ones crying out. I, I, I know that sounds silly, but I can hear the blood of the ones, the innocent, crying out. And saying what about me do you not care because the truth is and this is my truth and I guarantee is your truth for the most part I believe we love God and I I said it when I started this because I'm not trying to hide anything I I have a a busy schedule I have a lot of schooling I have to do some of you know what that's like it takes a lot of time a lot of effort and it brings a lot of guilt because there's things that I feel like I should be doing that I don't have the time to do. But can I tell you, that's not going to be an excuse because I've been busy, because I've had a lot going on. When I stand before God, I believe we're going to give an account for the things that we did and the things we failed to do. I think, think for myself, one of the things that I failed to do is, is, is show as much passion about this subject is I really feel in my heart. So I believe that when the question is asked, am I my brother's keeper? I say yes. I say when it comes down to the uh, area, when God asks me, what did you do? I'm not going to be able to say that wasn't my scope. That wasn't my family. That wasn't my problem. I believe I'll have, an, I'll have to uh, stand before God and give an account. I believe that. So why is this my problem? What can I do? I have to face the fact that people in this world won't like me. The Bible tells me that. And if they do, I need to check myself. When I say that, I don't mean making everybody mad. I don't mean going around just making people hate you. But I believe that if, and we're going to get into it in the scripture, but I believe if I'm the light of the world, darkness is going to reject me. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I'm the light of the world, The light of God is in me. The darkness is going to reject me, not because it's rejecting me as a person, because it's rejecting the light that's within me. So I want to turn to Psalms. If you'll turn with me, I want you to read this along with me. one hundred and twenty-seven Psalm. And I think this will give a little bit of clarity what I feel like the Lord has, has burdened my heart with. The Bible says in Psalms 127 and 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. I want to break this scripture down briefly. The Bible says, Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord build the house. And I... I have to relate this to literally what it means, building a house. What is he trying to tell us in that? What do you have when you're building a house? You have what Mark knows at UNC is a standard. There's a standard. Um, And and, and a lot of times this talks about uh, the quality of work, the quality of what you're getting. When we build at UNC, just think about this. If we had a nice building and they come... And build it with styrofoam, do you think that would be okay? You think it would be okay if they built it with used bubblegum or popsicle sticks? Would it be okay if they left the roof off? Because they got the walls in, but we just we we didn't have time to finish the roof. We ran out of money. A standard says this. I expect this. This is the quality. This is what I expect, and you must meet that. At UNC, a lot of times, the Mark, you can testify to this, a lot of times our contractors don't meet those standards, and UNC gives them a pass, and then Mark and I are the ones left cleaning up the mess. But we do have somewhat of a standard at UNC. And this is what another translation as I studied the scripture. It said, if, if God don't build the house, you'll have a shack. Did you hear that? If God does not build the house you'll have a shack, which means less than what is expected. And I, 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 I'm framing this in the way of the world. Because we all know this. Every, Like I said before, everybody has an opinion. And the world has an opinion. And in these classrooms I've been in, these professors have opinions. And they're framing the minds of our children with their opinions. And it's not the Lord building these houses, it's the opinion of men. And that's where the erosion's coming in, I believe. It, it, it's where the, the Christians of old in the 70s and the 60s who stood up and, and were heard now, I believe, are sitting back. Everything in our society is politicized, no matter what it is. You have to be careful what you say, what you do. And I just, I, I believe that this standard is slowly but surely breaking away. I believe this standard is what the United States was originally founded on. I believe they came to this uh, uh, land with, a, with a, an idea that was centered in Christ. And along the way, we have lost our footing. The Bible says, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman awaketh but in vain. What does that mean? If there's a watchman, he's watching for enemies to come and attack. But if the Lord is not the Lord of that city, what good does it do for him to warn anybody? And that's where we're at. I believe we have to realize and recognize that we are not where we should be. And I say that not in this room. I believe if you're a Bible-believing Christian who prays and has spiritual disciplines that you follow through on, I believe God can use you. But I believe as a nation, we're not where we're supposed to be. When we talk about abolitionists, they started out with slavery. When some people were saying we would treat our slaves with more decency, the abolitionists would say you shouldn't have slaves when a human life is, is not valued then you uh, 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 have to do something I don't believe anybody in this room would debate whether slavery is correct, right or, or moral I believe everybody in this room would say it's is, is wrong I believe anybody in this room, now I'm not saying anybody in the world, I'm saying in this room because I believe we're Christians I believe we value life because of the, the, the light that's in us. But I can tell you just just like slavery's wrong, I believe abortion's wrong. One of the arguments that's made against uh, a child in a womb being a life is that it's a clump of cells. That it can't live without its mother. That it's a fetus. That's the, that's the word I think this used uh, 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 around the circles of pro-choicers, they don't want to say a baby, but Jeremiah 1, 5 said this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou cameth forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Before I formed thee. God saying, before I even put you in the womb, I knew who you were. And he's specifically talking about one person. But I can tell you right now, if he knew him, he knew us. Because he's no respecter of person. I believe he had a design. If you've ever seen how the body is made. And how the mother has a signature. And the father has a signature. And these signatures come together. And they don't form two signatures. They take half of one signature and half of the other. And make a whole new person not the same fingerprint as the mother. Not the same fingerprint as the father. Their own individual person, which I believe is God's creation. I believe God specifically with a purpose put that child there. I believe that before he even put the child in the belly, because all life comes from God, I believe that. I, 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 there's nothing that can change my mind because of this scripture. I believe he had a plan, planned out. And that's why I have to believe it's a human being and not just a clump of cells. Not just a fetus or not just a word that somebody would use to, to try to uh, make it easier to, to, to fit into the conscience of people. Knowing that if there was a child, a day old, crying, if somebody killed it, that would be murder. How can that be murder and it not be murder when you rip it out of the, the womb? It is. And this is not a comfortable subject. I understand that but one that I believe that Christians should be talking about. I believe that if, if it affected us as much as um, our sports teams do, as much as the, the family conflicts we have, as much as when when our car breaks down, and I'm not saying for you, the only reason I know this, you may be thinking, how did you know I felt that way? It's because I felt that way. I know how it feels when, when something hits you. But does it hit us when a child is ripped out of the womb? Does it hit us when that child's life is ended? I I, I would have to say no. I believe because it's behind the curtain. We don't see what's actually happening. I don't have any pictures. I don't have any any billboards. I'm just going to tell you. It's a very disgusting thing that happens. And most people don't never see it. We'll never know. And a lot of times, that's, that's the way we get by with this. Because if I can keep it from entering into my mind and into my, into my conscience, I can just explain it away. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't participate in this. But in fact, if we don't stand up, we in fact are participating in this heinous act. Matthew one twenty and 21 says this. And I'm not going to read this because I, I, I'm out of time. But I, I, I'm going to I'm say this. When Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, he was visited by an angel. And he was told that this was going to be Jesus. And this is Matthew 1 and 20 and 21. Just so you, if, you're, if you want to write it down to, to look it up later. I'm going to read what, later in this, this chapter, what they said about Jesus. Said, Behold, behold, a virgin shall be with child. That's all I have to read because the point is made there. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. Now, what the scripture is talking about is not after the birth of the child, it's actually talking about pregnancy. Shall be with child. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a child. It's not a lump of cells. It's not a clump of cells. This is, in fact, a child. Another place in the Bible, Luke 1 and 41, says that when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm, My Lord, this seems pretty important to me. It don't seem like a lump of cells to me. It seems like there's a purpose for a child, not something that should just be ripped out of their home. Ezekiel 16 and four and six talks about Jerusalem, is what it's talking about. But it says, "And as for thy nativity, in the day thou was born, thy navel was not cut." it talks about it being ripped out and thrown into an empty field." And God passing by, seeing them polluted in your own blood. Nobody cared about you. Nobody wanted you. Nobody even had enough decency to clean you up, put salt on, salt you, and, and wrap you up. But when I passed by, God said, I said unto thee, when I, thou passed in thy blood, live, yea, I say unto thee, when I saw you in your blood, live. Live. God is serious about this. I don't believe this is a small thing. I don't believe this is a a light thing. I don't believe it's something we can just dismiss away. I believe it's something we need to get engaged with. And I'm going somewhere. Exodus 20 and 13 says, thou shall not kill. So what can we do? And I'm closing. We can be the light. The Bible says in Matthew 5 and 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? I think a lot of times we're worried about what people are going to say, and I believe the world is waiting for the salt to show itself, for the light to show itself. I believe the world is yearning, hungry for people just like you and me. Not for people down the street, not for people who are on TV, but people just like you. You and me. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Now, Baby Bottle Campaign, Pregnancy Support Services. I want to read on their website. It says, a Christian nonprofit committed to Providing honest, helpful, and accurate information to women in Durham, Chapel Hill, and surrounding areas who are considering their choices in an unplanned pregnancy, educating education from middle and high school students about healthy relationships. Since 1982, we have offered help and hope to women and their partners who are navigating difficult situations and choices. We want to honor each woman's need and perspective and value each woman's trust during a, a sensitive and tenuous time in her life. Our services are free and confidential. We are dedicated to creating a safe and supportive environment of any woman, regardless of her circumstance or belief. Located at the intersection of Fordham Boulevard and Sage Road in Chapel Hill, we provide pregnancy testing, limited first trimester ultrasounds, And that education about the choice of parenting, adoption, and abortion. PSS does not offer or refer for abortion services. Which means, to sum it up, they are telling young people who are looking for a choice, just like you said, Pastor Don, what choices they have as far as the Christian perspective. I have some information about this. I actually talked to a lovely young lady today from pss and she's getting us 50 bottles and we as a church are going to do our part and i encourage you as you consider what can i do how can i make a difference first of all you have to recognize what god says about it todd's point of view is just like your point of view it's it's our point of view but god's point of view is not my point of view. It's not your point of view. It's his point of view. It's the right point of view. It's the point of view we need to follow. So if you've con- considered, if you consider what you might do, filling up one of these baby bottles with change would help them. I'm, I'm going to have a sign up sheet and I'm going to introduce it to the church probably next Sunday because next this coming Sunday is going to be pastor appreciation, but next Sunday. I would like to introduce it to the church and I want to encourage you to get behind it. But more than that, this is one thing we can do more than that. I ask you to pray. I make no apologies when it comes to this message, none whatsoever. I believe that the conviction that I received from God and the Holy spirit is one that we all should have because it's not my conviction. Um, I I don't want, uh, to be honest with you, I don't want to be persecuted. I like to be liked. You like to be liked. But where's God at on it? Where's God at in all this? I believe what we need to do as a church, what we need to do as individuals, is to make this personal. I don't don't believe and I do not condone any kind of violence. I won't say that. I, I want to end with this. I think there are misled people on both sides. I believe somebody that would go and uh, uh, shoot somebody, blow up something, they're not filled with light at all. That's not what God has called us to do. But God has called us to love. God has called us to be the light, to encourage, to build up. And I believe that if we in this small congregation right here would get behind this in prayer, we'll see things happen. And I believe through prayer, and I've seen this in my own life. When you pray about something, something starts swelling up and rising up on the inside. And whereas it's prayer, God said, I say, God, send somebody. Would you send somebody, God? And then a small, still voice comes and says, go. (laughs) You say, well, wait a minute, Lord. I was saying send somebody. I'll put my name in there, but don't say just me. But this is what God says. When you start praying specifically and saying, God. I want to see the young life that would be terminated, aborted, killed. I want to see them have a chance. Who's got their voice? Who's got their back? God, I want to have it. I have young children. I say young. I got a 21-year-old this year, a 19, and a 17. I don't pretend that I've been through anything hard to where I can speak specifically to what I would do in a situation. But I can tell you what God says. I believe God says it's murder. I believe God says that we're light in a dark world and we should do our part. Do we have any music we can play as as we come to the altar? Because what I want us to do specifically, and I'm gonna stick around after we pray. I wanna give anybody who has any questions or differs in, in their opinion to come and talk to me because I don't, I don't mean to hurt anybody. This is a message I believe that should wake us up because I remember in, in the Bible where Jesus went to pray. He come back, he said, watch why I pray, told his disciples. And when he came back, they were asleep. I don't want when Jesus comes back For me to be asleep, and I know you don't want to be. I hope this is a wake-up call for all of us. Because I would like to see, and I've seen people say it and I've heard it, but I, I mean it. I would like to see before I die an end to abortion. I don't believe God's pleased with it. I don't believe it's a good representation of our country. And I believe we can do something about it. Would you come and pray? Would you come pray with me?